And you're welcome to Wade In as we look back on the weekend just gone. Are you like me struggling to get your head around the start of the flat season? Welcome on board. We'll attempt to go through the flat runners from the weekend just gone. The racing league is not far away for all you brain dead insomniacs out there. Kevin Blake is going to give us his thoughts on that. Jesus. And your listener questions answered as well. All in the company of the man who taught Will Smith everything he knows about boxing. It's Kevin Right Hand Blake. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was quite something, wasn't it? Overreaction, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, over the top, justified. Uh, Tony Calvin, your sleeping habits are perfectly attuned <laughs> to sitting up live through the Oscars. I presume you were watching as Will Smith tried to knock out his good friend Chris Rock. No, not really. It's, but I, I've also seen the video. The thing about it is, it's kind of like staged anger, isn't it? If someone really kind of like really offended your wife. You would just kind of like just get up and stroll there and slap him, would you? You just get up and charge and <laughs> shut him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take Open hand slap. Open hand slap. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I'd be a bit offended if I slapped it out as hard as I could, as Will clearly did. And like, little yeah. Chris Rock barely budged. Yeah, exactly. They don't, <laughs> don't show, they don't show slaps like that in Philadelphia, where Will Smith was born and raised, I can tell you. And she's taken <laughs> Kevin West, Blake's West Philadelphia. Car. She has Born taken Kevin Blake's dogging spot in the car park. It's our very own. <laughs> Things have gone bad, Vanessa Royal. How's, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hexham. Hexham, Hexham. is what I'm doing. Right, Bit of Hexham okay. on is, the is, that the, is that the code word, is it? Yeah. yeah. That is. Anybody who knows, knows. <laughs> right. Right. We've got, um, we've got lots to get through. All your listener questions answered as well. And many thanks, uh, as always, for taking the time to send them in. Right. Okay. We'll kick off with the flat. I, I mustn't be alone, Kevin Blake, in, in kind of struggling to get my head into the flat season yet. We're still in, in, in the midst of the national hunt. It happens to me every year. But nonetheless, the flat is back. Uh, Mother Earth will start at, at, at this weekend. The current. What did you make of her performance? Was it something to get excited about? Um, it was a starting point, and she got the job done. Um, I look, it wasn't spectacular. Now she had to work for it, but um, look, we know with these Aiden older horses, they generally go there needing a run. Um, she had the best form on paper by you know a margin, and, and she got the job done. And it's a starting point, and um, look, she'll probably play it. Like Aiden wouldn't have a, like a, a really deep team of older horses this year, I don't think. Um, yeah. So I'd imagine herself and the likes of Order of Australia will start a tag team there and all those um, big mile races, you know, she'll slot in where he's not running possibly, that type of thing. And, um, and yeah, I'm sure she'll, she'll, she's got a great chance of winning more group ones in fairness to her, especially if, um, if, they, if they keep her to Philly's only company on a few occasions. Yeah, workmanlike, I think, was the phrase that was used about her. Uh, Tony Calvin, I mean, were you particularly excited? I mean, I'd say so. No, I think, I think the pre-race betting told you everything, didn't it? I mean, a lot of the times Aiden rolls out those big guns early on and they really need to run. And the betting suggested she could get chin. I think she went off at 10 to 11 mm. at Betfair SP, which uh, considering she should have been about a two to five shot on form. So I, I think they'll be just happy with a win and just move on, get her fitter and go for the bigger prizes. Vanessa, where is your head at the moment? Are you with me? Like, are you kind of struggling to kind of really concentrate on the flat at the moment? Or um, or how do you see it? Are you excited about it? Uh, I, yeah, no, this weekend, actually. I, I did feel excited about it, actually. Mm. I, 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 I enjoyed this weekend. I know we're going to complain about it shortly, but I did actually enjoy this weekend. As for Mother Earth, when did she cross the line? I thought to myself, she's like the equestrian version of Nick Luck. And this is what I this is what I've decided. So 
I mean, these are the thoughts that come into my mind. So she literally is because she's got a great constitution. She always brings a decent level of form. She fucking loves work and just yeah. like grinding it out. And occasionally she's really, really good. Yeah, she'll she's go anywhere. Man. She'll go anywhere and for a fast book. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she'll, yeah, she'll, she'll go. She'll go. She travels around the world. She travels around the world. She'll go anywhere. She always performs. She's consistent. She she delivers really good performances, and it's hard not to like. Honestly, she's the racehorse version of Nick Luck. There you go. Mother Earth, the racehorse version of Nick Luck. There's the analogy. That's the analogy you tune in for a week in, week out on this wonderful show. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Uh, that's Mother Earth done. Um, what about Johan in the Lincoln uh, TC? Um, you know, again, were you impressed? I to be obviously, I couldn't see it. You can, you can just sense Hugh's enthusiasm oh, is just yeah, bristling yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I couldn't give two tough. Hugh, anyway, on, yeah. if you, if he yes, wasn't actually blasted all day Sunday, look at this. <laughs> this is a very subdued Yui. No, it's not. It subdued. is, I, isn't I, it? I'm, it I'm, is. Sub, I'm subdued talking about the flat season in feckin' March, lads. You know, I mean, I just can't. Anyway, go on, Tommy. Johan the link. I don't think many people see it coming, hence the SP, but. First time uh, for Mick Shannon going from William Haggis. I think many people would have that down as a not a trainer uplift anyway. Uh, but you know he had good he had good class form in handicaps, all the big mile handicaps, non winning form. Um, I didn't see it coming, but um, it was it who was did a, who did Tony? Who it did? was a strange race. Um, I don't know what the sectionals were, whether you had to be on the front end and it was a slowly run race, but there was plenty of trouble in behind and um, yeah, nothing really really got into it. But yeah. You, yeah, you could have made a case for the winner, but it wouldn't have been a convincing win-only one. In fairness to you, Tony Calvin, you did say that um, Chindit was the best 8-11 to 11 shot of the weekend, and you were proved correct. <laughs> it, it shows you what form I'm in if you're dragging up an 8-11 to 11 winner, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it was the highlight of my weekend. What do you reckon, Vanessa? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was just a crap race, wasn't it? Just yeah. crap. Like, nothing about that race was good, as in on the paper beforehand, in the race, and, at the and like, the result afterwards. You mm -hmm. know, Chindit won doing everything wrong, and his class just prevailed, as it should do in that company. The second horse is a 22-to-1 shot, is yet to prove himself to be black-type quality. It may well do in time, maybe, but it's a bit He's mess. a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I know, I know, exactly. But like, he's one of those ones that's going to keep getting reeled out now in this sort of level of class. And he might go in one day, but he's a, he was a 22 to one shot. That's my point. And then you've got the Haggis horse that just never looked like winning and the Varian horse that fell out the back of the TV screen. And the whole thing was a complete non-event. I don't know why I brought it up here. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I did either, but sure, it's on the running order and I have to stick to the old producer's <laughs> running order, you know? What about... Uh, you'll, you'll be getting your Doncaster gigs on uh, Sky Sports Racing. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Kev, Persian Force let, my, let down my racing only better double, uh, which you were absent for on um, on Thursday. Uh, it was disappointing, uh, I guess, if you want to say... Persian you know, Force? Yeah. You won by 20 lengths. <laughs> Oh, sorry, not Persian Force. Sorry, Fancy Man, I should say. Fancy Man. Sorry, sorry. Oh, fancy what man. is wrong with fancy you man. here? Fancy Man. Fancy Man. I'm a, I'm a bar at 16 pints. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Fancy Man was disappointing. Persian Force was brilliant. Fancy Man kept yeah, disappointing. He was disappointing. Yeah, he was disappointing. Had every chance. Not good enough on the day. But Persian Force... Um, 
Uh, he was very impressive. There was huge talk about him. Um, you know, the Brockelsby can throw up a very nice horse. There's been a couple of winners. The Brockelsby have gone on to be Group 1 horses there in, in the not-too-distant past. He won't um, beat Luxembourg in the Guineas, Kev. Um, uh, he definitely won't beat Luxembourg in the Guineas. <laughs> because he's a two-year-old. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's one certainty, you know. <laughs> if you if you can get a hundred to one on about that, you would take it. Take it, take it. Value, isn't it, Tony? Value. Um, hundred to one. Doesn't matter if you he, can't win the race. It's a hundred to one. <laughs> but, but, but he, he was very impressive. He cost a lot of money as um as a yearling, like like very expensive for a typical Brocklesby horse, you know, which would you know the old. The old stereotype would be it's a, it's a race for cheap speed horses, but he cost like 225 grand. And, um, and he was very impressive. Like, geez, he traveled through the race. He quickened. Um, he's by Maymas, who just kind of goes from strength to strength. And yeah, you'd, you'd be, <clears throat> we'd be quite taken by him now. And I know we're in March, but like you'd be kind of mm. half expecting this fella to rock up now. And, and, and you know, in due course with another run or two under him in something like a Norfolk or even a Coventry. Like I'd say, could be, I'd say it could be quite nice. Just want to have you, Kev. Um, massive win for Aidan McGuinness, obviously, in uh, Dubai over the weekend. A case of you. Um, you know, for him, I, I guess, you know, look, he was obviously straight away on Twitter and he's good actually at posting stuff on Twitter saying how much it means to the team and everything. But uh, you know, what did you make of it? Oh, it's brilliant. Sherado's been on a real charge um, for a couple of years now. Like, God, I when I was first getting into racing Ado was getting going he had a, he had a super horse called Victrum that won a heap of races for him like it seems like an awful long time ago now but he, he's really booted on and I'm sure this race kind of turned the the super Saturday form on its head a man of promise of good alphas looked like an absolute superstar that day and left case a case of you for dead and um, a case of you got the rail um, on Saturday which you know would traditionally be a big help made on, on the turf track and uh, made best use of it and reverse that form in, a, in no uncertain terms. And look, when he won the Abbey, it was kind of seen as a bit of a kind of a semi fluke or a bit of a difficult one to explain. But in fairness to him, he's gone and backed it up. And um, yeah, it looks like it sounds like they might go to Ascot now and all those big meetings back in Europe. And uh, yeah, good luck to him. He's, he's a great story, the horse. Tony Calvin, if I know you, and I think I do, you had uh, an old tear in the eye as Bob Baffert trained the winner of the <laughs> Dubai World Cup of the weekend. You just thought, what a wonderful emotional, sentimental story. Brilliant for the game. Brilliant for racing. Brilliant for life. After all, he's been true with you. After, yeah, all, after he's everything. Been all this hardship, Tony. <laughs> you guys. Like, you, like, just as an FYI, like, Tony Calvin does not need the red rag to the bull here. He's already a raging, charging bull. He literally, you're like fucking dangling the old red flag like this. We're, po we're poking him with a stick now. He, he doesn't need poking. He's already no. there. No. Sure but I enjoy there. it. I enjoy poking the bear. You're in a car yeah. park and nervous. No need to come out with this potty mouth stuff. That's about three. <laughs> Sorry. Had already. He's not going to get it. Don't say that. My dad will be cross. It's brilliant for Robert Edgar. Baffert, though, isn't it, Tony? It's um, brilliant for him. Look, it's, look, I, look, I didn't watch any of the races live. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I had the unfortunate experience of actually watching them all back this morning for this show. It's kind of like, I love the Japanese. I, I, I love what they bring into a national race, to international racing. But Baffert, you know, just go away, you know. Yeah. 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 No, look, does anybody who, who watches Dubai racing in particular actually believe what they're seeing? Because I know damn well a lot of people, the presenters and pundits who do privately think otherwise, uh, think different from what they put up, up on the screen. I don't, but I don't believe a word I, I, I see out there. I don't even watch it. So, 
Nothing for me to believe or disbelieve. <laughs> this is this is a very negative Nancy podcast. This hey, morning. hey, Vanessa, it's only going to get worse. I reckon. Bloody <laughs> yeah. hell! I feel I feel like we need a bit of positivity in our lives. Right, give, us, give, us something, give us something. Give us something positive, positive about Bob Baffert winning Dubai World Cup. Vanessa. Give us one positive yeah, well, thing on that story. Don't, don't throw me that nugget. I don't want that. Okay, <laughs> I don't want that. I tell you what, I'll have instead the Japanese. I love right. the Japanese. There you go. Okay. Right. Yeah. And what is great is what is what I'm finding very amusing is when they went to the Breeders' Cup and took and won a couple of races there. Everyone's like, great for the Japanese. You know, good on them. They've tried so hard and now they're getting good wins on the international stage. And it was all quite positive. Maidan comes around, bang, in they go again. And all of a sudden, a few people are like, well, it's good for the Japanese. But holy, holy crap, what's coming? What's how coming? are we going? How are we going <laughs> to deal with this Japanese problem? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And exactly, Kevin. That's the more drugs. That's to. the answer. And more you, drugs. <laughs> And you know full well by the time the art comes around, there's going to be no feel-good vibe around the Japanese. It's going to be like, oh, God, what are we going to do about the Japanese? I just love that the novelty is going to fast wear off of this. But in the meantime, I just love it. They're so tough, those horses. And how they there's horses at bigger prices running really well as well. It's not just like the odd one here or standout star. It's different names. It's different people. I think it's really healthy, but I think we should all also be very scared. Yeah, this is this has been coming a while off, isn't it? I mean, I remember speaking yeah. to Ryan Moore back when he used to go over there about five, five six years ago. And he used to rave about the setup, the prize money, um, the pedigrees. Kevin will know more about, more about it than me, but... They've just been buying into this stock for good stock for for a good while now, and it's coming through on the racetrack. And you know, the, you know, the likes of Deirdre coming out and winning the Nassau in two thousand nineteen. If they if they come over a lot more, they'll be winning a lot of our big races. But the problem is, you know, they're foregoing a hell of a lot of uh, a good good prize money if they come over here for that. I mean, the prize money levels in even on midweek racing in Japan is uh, are off the scale compared to ours. So I don't think we'll be seeing a massive influx of horses to the likes of Ascot and, and Glorious Goodwood because, you know, there's no need for them to come over. But um, like, yeah, the, the like I said, the, the pedigree angle, Kevin will probably expand on now. I mean, it's something that's really coming to fruition. What are we going to do about those Japanese lads? <laughs> two, sh- two shots twice a day. Is that two shots twice a day? Morning and evening. Okay. Right. Have, okay. Yeah. Hopefully by, by July we'll have... All right. Yeah. Tony's point about the prize money is interesting, right? Just in regards to um, why would they come over to England. But in terms of pedigree and in terms of, uh, I guess, the prestige of, of Group 1 wins in England and, and for breeding context, surely that in and of itself might be worth sending them over during the summer, no? Um, okay, it's it, I've, I've had such a fondness for, for Japanese racing for a long time. Like what, what they've done is unbelievable. Like it, it sort of like in, it's taken kind of 50 years to be an overnight international success. Like that's mm. literally how long they've been at it. And um, like they, they've the Ishida family there have just been importing, you know, top um, race mares into their into their breeding systems like for a long, long time. And uh, they're really they they have a focus on you know giving horses time you know middle distances are the fashionable ones over there you know and 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 they have like it's quite a protectionist regime like like you, no one you can't just go in there and own a horse in Japan like there's a huge process you know it's it just they do a lot of things right like trainers are restricted to like a, a very small number of horses that's why it's so many different names mm. like now don't quote me but I think it's something like trainers aren't allowed to have more than like thirty or forty horses total really 
it's it's a really interesting system um and they're just deadly and it's not about the money when they go off international like they're very proud um you know of japanese racing and they want to go on the world stage and and prove it you know and they've had this quest to win the arc um i'm just chasing up an arc of the road there this year like would you they had their first the first japanese trained runner in the arc was in 1969 like they've been trying to win this thing for a long, long time. They haven't got it yet and had a couple of agonizing ones. But with the way they're performing in other international races, you know, Breeders' Cup, um, um, Dubai now, they've had, they've had winners in the UK too. Like it is only a matter of time. And I'd be delighted for them when it happens. So I think that they've really done things properly and they've played the long game and like they're a real proper superpower now. And, uh, and this was another big, yeah. big day for them. TC, it's interesting. That, that idea of capping the number of horses in a yard, I, we've briefly, briefly touched on this before, but it's almost this, like the equivalent of, of the draft system that you'd have, let's say, in the NFL or over or the, the, the racing uh, league. Or America, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay with us, listeners. Stay with us. We're not talking racing league just yet. Um, but yeah, it's like I guess it, you know because the idea of, of the draft is because it means that more horses have to be spread around, and you have a, a stronger depth and pool in terms of trainers getting. Um, I get you know horses that they couldn't ordinarily get because of the cap and numbers. I just think it's an interesting system. You can't have. I mean, obviously, owners want horses with, with what they consider the, the, the best trainers, don't they? And I, I don't know enough about the trainer pool out in Japan, but I do know everything about it, Japan seems to be seems to be overwhelmingly positive. Kevin mentioned about the owners. Apparently, there's a massive waiting list to be, to be owners. So they literally like it, being a racehorse owner in Japan is like profitable, like literally, like you will probably make money if you own a racehorse in Japan. That's how attractive the prize money is. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah and all I mean, everything. Even, like, we've all seen pictures of when the doors open at racetracks and the fans run there, like the Beatles have reincarnated, didn't they? It's just everything, everything about that is feel good, isn't it? And uh, that's the way racing should be, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it isn't in other jurisdictions. Obviously, other jurisdictions have all their problems as well. I mean, we got France uh, going through a, uh, another kind of like drug-related um, incident uh, was last week, where a lot of them uh, have been um, been arrested, and I think they might some of them might be in charge from a, from a whole lot from from owners, trainers, vets, etc. This is yet to you know obviously it's yet to be decided what's what's actually happened there, and we don't know whether it's horse racing as opposed to like trotting or whatever, but. Yeah, it, 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 in, in, when we've got such, you know, such going, you know, all the rumours in Ireland, you've got all the, all the court cases going on in the US and people being jailed and all the gossip and yeah, Japan, you know, seems to be doing everything right and, and fair play to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two to nine, um, William Buick, that's my kind of bet, Vanessa, for the uh, jockey side of this year. What do you reckon when I get stuck in? No. No. Well, I mean, you probably will and should, so you're not going to take any notice of me, but it's really up your street. I mean, I have no interest in this market at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the people saying about yeah. Sylvester D'Souza as a like, wise man champion jockey shout, I don't know about that either, to be honest with you. Um, look, it's a bit of a meth thing. Can we just give a special mention to Lord North? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's on me, is it? Well done. Right. Um, <laughs> Off you go. No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, no, I, in all seriousness, I saw that horse at Lingfield for the derby, right? The winter derby. Mm. And uh, he drifted on the day. It was a bigger price than he should have been. Then I saw him in the paddock and it basically he looked, in comparison to Alan Kerr and the comparison to most of the rest of the field, he didn't look like a, 
he didn't look good. And I know, like, you know, probably too much is put on paddock appearance, but like you could spot it before he went out that this wasn't his day. He looked like he tightened up. He was really fluffy in his coat. His skin didn't look great. There was just a lot to be said for how he looked in the paddock. And for them to get him from there, I mean, the shots I saw of him before, during and after May down at the weekend. I mean, he's had a real turnaround. It's very impressive. And then they were all, you know, talking about the fact the horse nearly died and they brought him back now. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, I just wanted to give a nod to them because I think that actually was a really big training performance just from the work that's clearly gone into him behind the scenes. Probably similar to uh, you waking up on Monday morning and Tuesday morning. The difference is just absolutely off the scale. Exactly, off the scale. And what we've got today is Lord North at Lingfield. What we would have liked from you is Lord North in Dubai. But anyway... Listen, listen, I can't be I can't be Dubai every day of the week, lads. It's just impossible. But this brings us on neatly to uh, the next segment of our show. We're going to talk about the racing league. So I'm really looking forward to this. Kev, off you go. <laughs> 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 anyway, Kev, are you very excited, Kev? I can't. Listen, it's great for you. Like you're you're a manager, right? I don't know what the hell a manager does, but you're a manager. And like, you know, the racing league, there was a big jockey kind of everyone, but I was great. Tell us what happened, Kev. Let, let can actually first question to be a manager, how much are you on? Like how much do you get paid for this role, Kev? Not enough, Vanessa, I'd say. How much how much do you get paid for a Sky Sports racing shift, Vanessa? <laughs> no way am I revealing that information. Obviously, Kev. But I just I just presuming that you're on like a football manager's wage right now. Like that's what I'm thinking about for you at this mm. stage. Mm. Oh, shit, okay. Go on, keep going, go on. How's the squad shaping up? Kev? I'm, I'm going well. What kind of what's the how's the strip? You got the jerseys all ready to go. All good. <laughs> on, anything else? Go on, keep it going. I actually, in all seriousness, in, in all in all seriousness, I actually didn't manage to watch Saturday morning because I was somewhere else, but I didn't understand. Just to, yeah, I'm actually being deadly serious. What happened on Saturday? So basically, there was a there was a pool of 108 jockeys that that wanted to be involved, and there's seven teams, and they decided an order of picking. So I was picking first, and you pick a jockey all the way along, and then for the second round, the order reverses. So I was last in the second round, and so on and so forth until everyone picked seven jockeys. Now it was it was was never going to be riveting television. But it was it was a case of job done. It was, it was, it was, and trust me, it was an awful lot of fun behind the scenes, uh, the mind games and the the, the lies that were told. Basically, I, think, I was taking the piss out of volleyball beforehand, so I said I'll, I'll watch the program, and I watched that, and it was probably the worst ten or fifteen minutes of TV I, I've ever seen. But what would you? And it, like, like, I, like I say, I will reserve judgment till we, you know, we we see it all. It's it's very easy to take the piss, and and if they come back from having a, that such a damaged brand last year and make a success of it, all, all you know, all fair play to them. But the the thing that really made me laugh was when um, when Luke Harvey was reading out some of these names, and you know full well he'd had, he'd never heard of some of them, you know, like said <laughs> Tyler Hurd and. Uh, and like and stuff like that. And he said, oh, yeah, he's in good form. Cam Hardy, he's in really good form. <laughs> yeah, I'll have you. No, Tyler Hurd will be riding for Team Ireland. He's a very promising, lightweight apprentice. And it's one of these things, as I'm not going to go on, blab on, repeat all what I said last year, but it, it just remains stunning to me that what's happened here is, is these people have put together millions upon millions 
of investment from completely outside the sport, the vast majority of it is getting pumped into prize money, you know, to put on 50 grand races that would otherwise be 10 grand races. It's going to benefit a huge amount of trainers, owners, jockeys, stable staff, etc. It's putting on what is a really good betting product. Even surely its biggest hater would, would acknowledge that 14 runner, highly competitive handicaps uh, where everyone's trying, not just for first, but for, you know, second, third, fourth. Like this is an ideal betting product. And yet, and, and, and what they've done is I, I think they've showed a massive amount of balls because they know full well from the outset that racing's core audience is going to hate it because it's different. You know, they're going to hate it. They knew that going in. But I just think that the, the level of aggressive negativity about it just remains stunning to me. If you don't like it, I don't care if you don't like it. You know, most people yeah. in racing aren't going to like it. And as I often say in this show, when we're talking about, um, you know, the coverage on ITV in general, you know, and, and it doesn't always please the core fan base. As I always say, lads, it's not for you. You are not the target audience. You know, they're shooting a lot broader here than the, than the core fan base. And look, this year, as TC says, they had a rotten kind of launch last year uh, with the amount of stick it got, etc. Uh, but they've managed to get it onto ITV. It's going to have a, a much bigger platform, much broader audience. I think they've changed it around an awful lot. So, you know, there's far more trainers involved, far more jockeys involved. Like there's 21 trainers on the Irish team alone. You know, I think there's well over 100 involved. Like, uh, Look, you know, I'm not trying to convince you if you don't like it. You know, again, doesn't particularly bother me, but the toxic negativity now is a bit over the top for people that are coming in trying to do something positive, have brought in money from outside the game to do it. You know, I think I'm not saying you have to like it, but maybe cool down on the toxic negativity. Yeah, is my I, view. I, 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 I was, I was kind of. I, <laughs> I just feel a bit sorry for them because they've just shown massive balls. They've accumulated yeah. all this money. And they're getting so little goodwill from within the game. Like, yeah. and it's not going to sink or swim based on goodwill within the game. It's how it's received more broadly. But we do so much moaning and fussing about uh, prize money, etc. And I, I'm like, one of the reasons I've been kind of with this from the get go is we're forever going on, a, you know, bemoaning the lack of innovation and that we need something disruptive to make things happen in the sport. And, and this is it. I'm not saying it's the answer, but they're having a crack, lads. Uh, no, I think the, the thing that. Yeah, so I was just going to say that no, the thing I like I said I actually couldn't watch on Saturday morning, and then I wasn't on social media either. So then I went on to my Twitter, and I don't like using Twitter as a gauge for these things. But as Kevin has touched upon, the like aggressive level of negativity towards just the racing league in general, and what you said there is so true, Kev. Like last year. I, you know, could see from behind the scenes in terms of the broadcast on Sky and the effort that went in. You know, they tried to launch something very big in the first year. They didn't just like incrementally build up to that. They just went in huge on the first year. And so much went into that that production, not just the production, but the, the whole league in general. And then... Yeah, there was loads that was wrong with it. Like they, uh, they've admitted uh, 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 that, but they've come out. And what I am impressed by is everyone said after last year it should be regional, and bang, it's a regional event. Just like, just no questions asked. They've changed it to being regional, and there's loads of other factors that they've changed as well. And so, for all, just as Kevin said, it's not my cup of tea, but it's not meant to be my cup of tea. It's it's aimed at someone totally different. And so, yeah, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Just, just, just one of the things. We could go on all day about it, you know, and some of the, a lot of the criticism was justified because 
I don't see any much positives last year, but one what one of the disappointing angles about it is the fact that a lot of the jockeys and a lot of the trainers really didn't buy into it from the early stages. We had jockeys, you know, and jockeys and trainers not really getting behind it and even turning up at some of the events. So hopefully it's uh, like if everyone does get behind it and, you know, we can we can take away the, the amusing aspect and, and make it a serious, uh, serious element. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've got a lot to prove, but you know, let's give them time. And they, they've admitted the, the faults, they've changed a few things and getting on with it. I mean, like I say, I probably won't be watching it um, at all. But, but, the, but the thing to see is, even, even if, like, you, you know, you, you don't have to like the team concept, but surely even the likes of you now would see the value in it in a betting product. Like, is that not an ideal betting product? What, 14, 14? Runner, 14 runner handicaps, everyone motivated to have a good crack at it, you know? Just that's- I'll, 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 I'll see. I'll see. Hmm. Okay. I've got, I've got I, I, la, last point. Going all day about this. Let, yeah, last point. It. But I, but I, um, and this is one for you, Kev. In terms of all joking aside, taking the piss out of the manager role, I actually think that could be a really like important part of making it more of a success. Because I think if you have a sort of charismatic, forward-facing, um, like very PR media-friendly manager, I think it could be a lot more fun. What if, what if you just tell like, Kevin, Vanessa? That is now a problem. That is now a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, well, 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 that, well, that's, that, that's the thought, you know, is yeah. that they've, they've picked yeah. people there that are in the medium and, you know, to one extent or another, and they're there to kind of be, be bombastic there where the trainers might be reluctant. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, let's move on to our listener questions. Thank you to everyone who sent them in and taking the time as well. Paul Smith says, what was your flat racing highlight of the weekend? A man with more doping violations than Lance Armstrong winning the Dubai World Cup, the poxy small fields at Doncaster, or the nonsense that was the racing league jockey draw taking place on live terrestrial television. Paul, I take it you had a cracking weekend and you're full of the joys, like me. I love our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. The answer is all three, Paul. Yeah, good stuff. Um, ben says, why is racing too scared to speak out about Bafford? What image does him win? Winning one of the biggest prizes said to people who are trying to get into racing. What image does it say? I don't know what image it says then. I mean, Ben, I, I, like, I yeah, stopped really caring about Bob Baffert a long time ago, but um, the Dubai World Cup, does anyone really give a shite who wins the Dubai World Cup? I mean, I'd... Like, and not only did he not win it, I mean, he, he, got, a, he, got, um, he got a pitiful fine, didn't he, uh, for uh, going over the limit. I think he hit it 13 times. So you chuck that into the mix as well, as well as the, the winning connections, and you just think... It was a bad result for, for the Dubai World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Joe Larkin says, I think yesterday proved that Japan have some of the best horses, trainers and jockeys in the world. Shouldn't we see more of the racing over here? Well, we'd like to, Joe, but as they say, Kevin's outlined already, the money is in Japan. Why the hell would they come over here uh, for less money um, when they could stay at home and um, clean up? You know, obviously it'd be nice to see them, but I think the artists... Oh, no, I, th- I think what he... The- now, I might be misreading the question. Does he mean as in showing Japanese racing on telly? Oh. Oh, does he? Which, I didn't read it like that. Really? Okay. No, 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 he doesn't mean that. Nine, nine, hour, nine hour time difference, though, would be difficult to... Shouldn't we see play. more of their racing over here? He's talking about seeing it on TV. Really? I don't know. Maybe so. No, maybe none so. of you can read. I'm the only one here that can read. Jesus Christ. Well, I'd love to see more <laughs> Japanese racing on the telly for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would too if I was uh, struggling with insomnia. I could toss it between the racing league and Japanese racing on TV. Between, between <laughs> you, but... And uh, Tom says, do you think we'll see more Japanese horses in the UK given the success internationally? I was a big fan of Deirdre. Um, well, I think, yeah, we, I guess we covered this, Tom. Um, probably not likely. Maybe one or two might oh, I'd say so. I'd say, was, I'd say we'll see plenty, yeah. Will we? 
Yeah, like they, like they, it's about they like have so much pride in their and what they're doing that they want mm. to go and win races abroad. Like they're, they're not all like Australians who are happy to stay in Australia and never leave the country. <laughs> like the, the Japanese actually have a bit of adventure and ambition in their racing, <laughs> their racing industry. You know, mm, absolutely. Um, Andrew Lord says um, regarding the last line, do you think it was a one of those sad incidents that happens in racing, or b something that should and could have been prevented, or c Something in between. Anyone want or to take D, this? people being hey. smart half after a quite tragic event. Yeah. You know, hey, you, it's definitely come on. A. It's just a. like, it's unfair to say. I saw the comments about people saying he should never be back on a race course. Like, he didn't, he, the injury didn't happen to him because he went off to be a stallion, failed and came back and is racing again. The injury just happened to him. It's one of those things that happens in horse racing. It's got nothing to do with what he's, you know, his stallion career or lack of and his comeback. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just think, you know, if you view life like that, you, go, you start going down a very bad route. You, well, wouldn't, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. If you, you wouldn't. Exactly. You, you wouldn't cross the road. Exactly. And so I think that's unfair criticism. We all know how that horse will have been looked after. You don't need me to tell you that. And it was an unfortunate incident that happened. But, you know, I don't think that anybody connection should be blamed in any way. It's unfair that. Okay, so we're firmly in the A camp uh, on that one as well. William Lynch says that was well, the last line, scandalous behaviour. So uh, obviously Willie doesn't agree with that. Um, just three three questions of the Racing League. I'll just I'll, I'll mention them, but we've we've covered them in depth. Uh, Dylan Breathwaite says, uh, what exactly is the manager's role in the Racing League? The trainer trains the horses, the jockey rides them. The races are all laid out in the calendar. So what is their actual role? Well, Kevin, tell yeah, my, 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 my good pal Dylan there is unfamiliar with the format, I think. I've got 21 trainers on my team. They'll submit all the horses they want to run, and I've got to let down all of them bar two every week. So that's kind of the way that works. That's what yeah. the role is. Yeah, good stuff. Um, um, Utter Bar Stewart says, is anyone in the racing media outside of those chosen to be team managers offered up much support for the continuation of the racing league? Uh, evening, Kev. <laughs> well, I, I, I just did. I just yeah, did. Yeah, Vanessa and Kev have made an impassioned defence of the Racing League uh, there, so I think we'll leave it at that. And Tony B says, Racing League, Mick Quinn, uh, discuss. Well, I think we, we just have. I'll be, um, I'll, be I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be love to be a fly on the wall when Mick Quinn t- tells trainers uh, what, what to do, given his record. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, Craig says, why do I... Uh, okay, look, this is a question on Racing TV... Um, pundits, and I, I don't want to go into names here, right? Because uh, it's just not fair on people who are trying to do a job. The only person we're allowed to give out about it is Matt Chapman, right? And he's well able to take it. But in terms of racing TV pundits, Tony Calvin, um, like, would you would you share a view that you know some of them perhaps are not yeah. as strong as others? And um, does it annoy you to the extent that you'd be reaching for the channel to change it? How do you feel about it? No, I mean, there are some people that I just do not watch on TV, and I'm sure there's even more that don't even watch. You know me when I, my ugly mug appears. Yeah, I mean you're going to get you're going to get brilliant broadcasters, and you're going to get you're going to get poor ones, aren't you? I mean, for example, if you put anybody up against Nick Luck, they're they're going to suffer in comparison, aren't they? Not me. Um, Mother Earth. Not me. Hello. Hello. Mother Earth. Sorry, <laughs> Nick Luck forever <laughs> now on is called Mother Earth. <laughs> well, well, just, actually, can we just agree? Just call him. Just call him Mother, and that brings hard. Yeah. But yeah, um, look, you're going to get bad. Well, you're going to get bad tips. That question also mentions tipsters as well. Yeah, yeah. If, look, I mean, if you are, and the tipsters people mentions the tips to putting up fours on pokes or threes on pokes. Look, if if that tipster is betting those those horses with his own money and then winning or losing, then then, then so be it. But um, yeah, you, you're going to get bad tipsters. You're going to get bad pundits. You're going to get bad. You're going to get worse. 
คุณมาใช่ครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับคร
I just thought that was remarkable. The Olympics, lads, best we have. Anthony Ryan says, gambling on the horses always seems to attract negative publicity, rightly so in the minority of cases, but a bigger problem with huge addiction never gets mentioned. Scratch cards. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I don't need to laugh. Scratch I to laugh. cards. I just didn't read that question before and did not see that ending coming. It blindsided me. I didn't, me see, where that, I didn't see where that one was going either. I do love yeah. a scratch card, though. I so. hate scratch cards. The scratch cards and the lottery. Come on, lads. You're better than that. You know, go yeah, back some no. horses, for God's sake. I'm Give not. Can give yourself a chance. Scratch cards while <laughs> doing the lottery. Like you know, the odds are the lottery. If if people like were more aware of the takeout in the national lottery, the various national lotteries, like it's an absolute scandal. Vanessa, really I go into my local. I go into my local pub every Friday night. Uh, about five, five, five alcoholics, and we sit there and we pick lotteries for the numbers for the Euro Millions, and we dream of winning it for the next four hours. Still I, can just, I can and, just, I can just As you're scratching scratch cards, yeah, and, and I can just imagine you there, just like, like you big stumble out about one o'clock Monday morning. Yeah. Number yeah, 12 exactly. hasn't come up for a while. Let's dig in number 12. <laughs> it's you. Right. Big, ja- big Jan Mulby stunt double. Oh, love that. Love that. Good old Jan Mulby quality. Uh, given the quality mm-hmm. issues that flat racing is now acknowledging, uh, what is the one change the panel would each make to arrest the decline in both disciplines? Oh. Yeah, we, we know what the solution is, but it's just it's just get, getting it to you know getting it to happen. Like we need much less racing, but we have yeah. we, we have a financial model that depends on volume of racing. So like until we get to the day where some clever lad figures out a way to address the structure and then reduces the fixture list, um, we're we're going to continue to be in trouble. Like massive challenge. Um, you'd need to be clever to sort it out. But that, I think that we, I think most people know that that's what, what, what needs to happen. But where there's the will to actually tackle it because it's so bloody tricky, I don't know. Mm. Okay. Ed Johnson says, Nichols on day two of the festival, acceptable or slightly odd behaviour from a champion trainer? I think we're a bit split on this one, Ed. I thought it was odd behaviour to, to, to draw the horses, but... Uh, I guess you know each their own and all that. Well, and if he goes and wins an entry, he'll he'll it'll look justified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he's going to have a very big entry. Yeah, um, Gavin Cockburn says, "What's the view on Oshie Murphy's story in the Sunday Sun? Credit where it's due. Got hammered for what he did, but haven't seen much comment on what the Sun has picked up, which, if true, is a great effort and example of the fella." He hopefully is. What story it, is this? It was on the front page of the Racing Post, was it not? No? Yeah, he's, he's, he's driving a lorry to Ukraine on a humanitarian mission with Charlie Mann and a convoy of, I think, about 10 lorries. And Charlie Mann gave it the big one on luck on Sunday, on Sunday. And I think it was well in the paper. But it's a great effort from him. But if you know Asheen, that doesn't really surprise you at all. That'd be right up his street to do something A, generous, and B, yeah. a bit out of the ordinary. So, yeah, it, credit it, to is him. It po- is it Poland or Ukraine he's gone to? Yeah, Poland. Going sorry, to po- he's Poland. going to Poland. Sorry, Poland, sorry. Yeah. Going to Poland. Yeah. I read 20 horse box and stuff like that. But, yeah, if he, if he wants to stay off the piss, I wouldn't go out with Charlie Mann too much. No, <laughs> especially not Poland where the Vulcans have been as strong as... <laughs> left hook there, Kevin Blake. Um, okay, look, look, once again, lads, I was trying to be positive there, and you've put a Nancy, negative Nancy spin on it, and I don't like it. I don't that's like why you know this podcast, Vanessa. That's, that's, that's what people tune in for. That's why you know it's 
Vanessa, yeah. Vanessa must have about at least one eight runner race at Hexham to do now. Yeah. <laughs> last four, last four questions. Does a, races. There's a queue of keen customers building up outside the, <laughs> the right hand door there. They're, they're getting impatient. Guys, to start just to knock wait a moment. Okay. <laughs> Keep her trousers on, literally. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. Millie, Millie Bar kids. <laughs> my dad listened to this. Millie Barkin says probably been probably been brought up before, but is there any argument for publishing a horse picture with measurements? Example, weight at intervals in the season and the size in the hands, etc. Yes. I know you can get a yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote about that before. They do it in Hong Kong. It's fantastic. It's a big great idea. It's such a simple thing, but uh trainers always rear up when you suggest it. But uh, it would be a, a very positive step. And uh, we might actually know how uh, this is the ultimate example I give for this to you. How for how many years did we hear about a ah, little tiger roll, a diminutive hero? How tall is Tiger Roll? 18. No, no one actually knows. I asked the question on Twitter and I got a hundred different answers. You know, the most famous small horse in racing, and no one knows how big he actually yeah. is. Okay. Darren Byrne says, seems to be a concerted effort by the Jockey Club to push prices forward for entry, parking, food, and drink by quite a substantial amount without improving the product or services offered. I speak from experience as a Cheltenham member. Where does this end for regular race goers? Yeah, it seems the bottom to be- of your wallet is where it ends. Yeah. This has been prompted by someone put on um, Twitter last week that you can get... Uh, a very good parking at Aintree for the for the small matter of sixty quid. Ooh, like, sixty quid to park. Sixty quid for people to park at Aintree. Yeah, just go and do one. Now it's on the back of Cheltenham up in their twenty twenty three prices uh, yeah. a little bit as well. I have to say it now. An awful lot of our listeners probably don't go racing in Ireland. I assume most of our listeners are British based, lads. If you you wouldn't believe the value you get in Ireland, like we take it for granted. Like I, you know, you don't get charged for a car park in Irish racing and getting in the gate at good meetings. Like twenty to thirty quid will get you in the gate. Every Every time, like, and, and Irish people complain about the entry prices, but the UK yeah. is like multiples more expensive. Yeah, even at the lower level to what Tony was saying there about off the back of Cheltenham and looking ahead to Aintree. Like, I went to Chepstow the other day, and I think just the general admission, just the base level admission on a Friday at Chepstow, no, a Thursday at Chepstow was, I think, 25 quid. Yeah. and it was flagged up to me by someone else, messaged me, and was like, that seems a bit steep, doesn't it? Completely out of the blue. And they were just said, this is not a bit steep, like a midweek re- meeting at Chepstow. And I kind of thought about it. And like what Kevin's saying there, if you can get good racing at Leperstown or the Curra in Ireland for 20 or 30 quid, you know, I don't know the comparison. Yeah, it's not great, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. But In Ireland, you can get a size of a Toblerone, uh, the size of my head for a year as well. Don't, don't, yeah. don't start me on the Toblerone. Don't start oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't, do, don't do it again, Vanessa. You, you sit yeah, and well, walk, 60- repeat it. <laughs> 60 quid 60 quid to, car, to park your car seems a bit slippy you get a large gin and tonic at Cheltenham for that place Hugh let's be honest if anyone's driving at Aintree they've got a problem anyway yeah, exactly yeah what are you doing driving at Aintree Christ <laughs> uh, Ben Reed bookmakers are consistently manipulating overnight markets to gain bigger rule fours an example above how is this still allowed? How is it still allowed, Tony Callum? I, I did answer him on Twitter about this. Basically, what it is, is there's a time lag between horses being declared on number one and being taken out of markets. And basically, a lot of bookmakers just track the exchange price, which obviously changes quite a lot. Um, so it's, it's, it's not some conspiracy, um, I'm, I'm disappointed to say. It, it's just basically a time lag and bookmakers tracking the exchange price and it's an out-of-date price. 
Okay. Here's one for you, Hugh. I just I just found it on the website. Punchestown Festival, right? Best jumps racing of, of the season, right? Mm. There's an offer there twenty for twenty nine quid, right? You'll get a reserved enclosure admis- admission badge and a race card. That's for any of the five days of Punchestown. Twenty nine mm. quid. Okay, like, my god, and it's well worth it. Well worth it. Um, hopefully we're going to get the uh, the way in racing only better crew over to Punchestown this Tommy, year. Last question from Gary. Tommy. Yeah, beautiful. Gary Stevens says, um, where's the most inappropriate place all the panel have streamed a horse race? The most inappropriate place? Well, oh. Vanessa's right now. She's got a queue of about 30 lads waiting. For <laughs> anyway, so uh, I've, right I've, I've skipped out of a wedding before. Have you? Yeah, I've watched yeah. one in the middle of a wedding for sure. Yeah, Mass, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony Calvin, yeah. Any, any, any inappropriate places? You've I don't have any apps or anything on my phone, so... All right, okay, right. <laughs> no apps on my phone. Dinosaur, dinosaur Calvin, like, <laughs> still living in the 19th Tony century. getting stranger by the day. I've got to go. Hexham's off in literally... Right, yeah, well, listen, um, yeah, that's, that's we're done now. So thanks to all our initial questions. <laughs> Vanessa, off you go. Um, enjoy the next hour. I'd say it's going to be uh, busy for you. Kevin, um, <laughs> listen... <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin um, the racing league. What, I mean, you've really you've converted me. I'm, we're coming around here, okay? And, and, and look, we're all on board. We'll get you a Team Ireland hat, you a Team Ireland yeah. hat and jacket. And we're back at racing only better on Thursday <laughs> to look ahead to next weekend. Please uh, tune in and thanks for all your texting as well. Good luck. Enjoy the week.